Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Tim, how are you? I'm doing well. The summer's here. The heat is here. So I'm in air conditioning and life is good. You know, that is that is absolutely hilarious you said that because my wife and daughter and I were talking about this last night. We were in our new house, or it's, I've had this house for a very long time, but we moved in. And in this house, in the air system down in the basement, there's tons of levers, right? So you can you can change the direction of the flow of the air. So we're trying to make sure that the office gets enough cool air, the bedrooms get enough cool air, because you know if it's just cool air downstairs, then it turns the thermostat off, and the upstairs cooks. And we were talking about this, and my wife loves it warmer than I do. My daughter and I like it cool, and we were talking about how hot it is outside. And she's like, "Well, you're lucky because some people live outside." And I said, "You're you're right. We are lucky, and and I don't want to overlook that fact. But I, I'm not going to live outside. I like camping, but I don't <laughs> like camping in 100 degrees. So yes, I will be." cozy in an air-conditioned house and 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 pay for that happily yes happily right that's that's what I'm, I'm, gonna, use, I'm gonna use my money for that i'm signed up for that also yeah and that's what's important yeah. to me which kind of transitions us into what you're talking about today yes so today i want to talk about focus and focus on things that matter focus on things you can control you know we've talked to hundreds of times on these podcasts about the advanced strategies we try to implement with clients, wealth transfer, wealth protection, charitable giving, wealth enhancement. But before we even determine what kind of strategies that we want to, you know, help clients with, we have to understand exactly where they are now, you know, where they want to go, what their goals are, and, you know, what their fears, concerns, priorities are. Mm-hmm. And Eric, I've been in thousands, literally thousands of meetings in the last 36 years of doing this. And you know, one of the consistent themes that comes up all the time is uh, us trying to help the clients focus. I was actually thinking before the podcast, uh, we have we had a dog named Watson. He was a Vishla, pretty high energy dog. And, yeah. you know, and he would look at you, he'd wagging his tail and then boom, he'd see a squirrel, you know, off. It's like, <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I'm in meetings where you, you think you're talking to someone, then they're looking at their phone or, you know, they talk about what they saw on TV and the talking heads are kind of distracting them from, you know, what's really important. So one of the things we really, really focus on when we're meeting with clients initially, but also on an ongoing basis is helping them focus on, you know, what's important. And that's what I want to talk about today. I love that. And I love the fact that you brought up the Vishla because that's exactly what my daughter has. That's what we have in the house right now. And really? Oh my could... gosh, that is a beautiful, high energy, crazy dog. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just exactly how you described her. Uh, mm-hmm. Her name's Bella, and she is okay. absolutely distracted by everything uh, under the sun, and uh, mm-hmm. there's no focus there. And I think there's just no. kind of a small <laughs> peanut up in the brain area. Exactly. So, love her to death, but yeah, just not the brightest bulb. Anywho, <laughs> so so how do you? I mean, how do you even approach this with your clients? Because as you put it, the things that matter, the things that they can tr- control and the things that they need to focus on, we're being pulled in a lot of different directions, Tim. 
I know. And so one of the things that we, we, you know, like in the first meeting we ever have with somebody who wants to work with us and we want to work with them, it's something we call a discovery meeting. And we always kind of lead with, you know, a pretty basic question, you know, what, what is important to you about money? You know, so Eric, for example, if I asked you, when you just think without what's your immediate response, you know, what is important to you about money when I ask you that? Air conditioning. <laughs> there you go. See? <laughs> well, I mean, being being able to be comfortable, right? I mean, the air conditioning is the, the theme from earlier, but really being comfortable. I don't want to be uber rich, but I want to be comfortable enough to be able to treat my family, you know, uh, on occasion, maybe to a vacation, maybe to, you know, something. I want to be able to help my family. I want to be able to help friends and, and neighbors if, if needed. I want to be able to have tools and things that I can loan out that people maybe don't have because I, I like to mm-hmm. be able to help people, you know, in, in those types of situations as well. But that's what's important to me about the utilization of money, I guess. Yeah. And that, and that gets to, you know, we call them money personalities or wealth, wealth personalities, but you know, based on the answers you just provided and knowing you from doing podcasts for a couple of years, I would say you are what we would call a family steward. So a family steward, what, what money means to them is really, I can focus on caring for family. You know, oftentimes they're, you know, conservative in their personal life, but um, it helps me understand and helps me help them focus if I know that, you know, that's what it means. So just like to compare and contrast, um, oftentimes um, another money personality is what we call independence. And I would say that I run across like a lot of business owners who are both family stewards and independents. So mm. when I say to someone, you know, what does money mean to you? It means personal freedom, right? I, you know, I, I heard this yeah. years and years ago. I was at a conference and somebody called it kiss off money. You know, just, <laughs> hey, I can tell someone to kiss off. Yeah. But, um, and that's probably a crude way of explaining it. But the point is money means I can do what I want. I can, you know, and then I'm a family, family focused. I can provide for my family. I can get air conditioning, like you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, just to compare, I have other clients who are like uh, my couple who are what I would call a mogul. A mogul is just a, you know, control money. Money to some extent enables them to control their lives. Control is very important to them. What happens, how it happens with their family, with their business, socially, etc. I have also people what I would call innovators. You know, so they would, when they look at it, they'll say, "All right, I like leading edge stuff." You know, my I have a brother Vince who always had, you know, he's got the really big two thousand dollar VCR. You know, it was like the first one that came Ooh. out, right? You know, he always liked to have, you know. Now they're disposable. Now they don't even exist. But he always liked the newest technology, so he would buy the the new iPhone, et cetera. You know, mm-hmm. and so to some extent, innovators when they think of money, they think of just the ability to you know participate in and leading edge ideas, entrepreneurship, technology, things like that. Hmm. Now, innovators, would you say you the last one of the last things you said was entrepreneurship, right? Being entrepreneurs, are innovators the ones that are more likely to invest in in companies individually and not, not just, I'm not talking stocks, but maybe, uh, be a, a, an investor in a company as a maybe partial shareholder or part owner. Yeah, exactly. So one, like if I'm working with an innovator, I know, I, I just know generally from experience that in addition to wanting diversification and mutual funds, stocks, bonds, things like that, they're going to also want to make sure that they have things that are leading edge. They're also going to want to invest maybe not just in publicly traded stock portfolios, mutual funds, but, you know, direct investments in 
businesses and tr entrepreneurship or things like that. You know, they want to mm -hmm. participate in IPOs or private equity, stuff like that. Gotcha. So, you know, knowing who they are and knowing kind of what their money personality is helps me focus on maybe what's important to them and then also helps kind of drive the agenda, drive the planning and the meetings going forward to make sure that, you know, I can help them. So like I've got this on my desk, there's a little framed photo and there's two circles and on the left it says things that matter and on the right it says things I can control. And in the middle, there's like a very little intersection, right? You know, so the first part is me finding out, you know, what are the things that matter to the clients? And, that, and that's what I'm trying to find out when I'm asking them about them, their money personality. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay, so how do you do that? I mean, what, what questions are you asking to get to the root of that? Well, you know, we ask a series of questions, number one, about their goals. You know, like, what would you like to achieve with your money? What are your concerns about money? Does I have some clients who are focusing on anonymity. They want to make sure confidentiality. You know, I've, you're independent. They want to make sure what money says to them is I can do what I want. Um, I can invest in a business or I can take a trip. So when we ask them about their goals and what they think about, you know, what like it's what they want to achieve with their money, that's one of the things that helps us out. So like me, as I look back, I grew up in a an environment in my household. My dad is as hard as he tried and made good an effort as he made. He was a uh, he was, he was an alcoholic. He, you know, was not able to really keep a job that well. There was a lot of financial stress mm. in the household that I grew up in. And, and to some extent, I think maybe that's why I got into financial planning, you know, to try and put some control over finances and, you know, create a path, et cetera. So for me, you know, if somebody was asking me, it would be important to find out what I think about money, what's my history with money. Um, and then that would really help an advisor work with me, for example, in terms of how to direct the conversation, how to put together the plan, et cetera. Do you find that a lot, Tim? This is a really odd question, but do you find that a lot where somebody's upbringing, they kind of swing opposite of their situation growing up? Because in your example, you kind of swung opposite, right? You wanted more control because you felt like there was it was out of control. Where how I grew up, my parents didn't talk about money. It was kind of taboo. We really, it always felt like we never had enough. Um, but I never knew what was going on in the background as a kid, like my dad's, you know, 401k or retirement or air force retirement or things like that. So I, I didn't exactly understand that his retirement was secured, but as we were growing up, we didn't have any of the luxuries that a lot of the other people in my school had. So therefore, you know, kind of comparing that, I kind of try to live the opposite, not spoil my kids, but be able to provide and be very, I'm very open with my finances, with my children, um, and with certain family members. Yeah, I, I do find that that's true, that, you know, your experience as you grew up, oftentimes you do the, the opposite. You're like, hey, I I like this piece of it. You know, I, I was taught a lot, but at the same time, there wasn't as much maybe transparency. So you want to offer transparency. Mm -hmm. I'll also say, though, that I think DNA is really strong, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I have five kids. They are all financially different. One of my children has probably the first dollar that she ever made, and then another one is you know, if they get a dollar, they're going to spend a dollar five. So, yeah. and they all grew up in the same house and they all grew up with me, the financial planner, you know? So yeah, true. I do agree that that's part of it. But the other part of it too, is that boy, they, they come out of the womb, you know, with some pretty set things, I think too. <laughs> yeah. That's the part we can't control. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So in addition to goals though, we also ask them about relationships. So, you know, in addition to providing for yourself as, as the client, 
who is it family, philanthropy, charities, friends, community? You know, like oftentimes when I work with business owners, what they're saying to me is, yeah, I want to provide for my family. I want to provide for financial independence. And I want to make sure that I'm helping and providing for my team, you know, the team that helped the business grow. I want to make sure that I'm, you know, giving back to the community, you know, the community that maybe bought our products and, and invested in our services, things like that. So it's important to know, and we always highlight, you know, what what relationships are important. We have a mind map that we put together for all of our clients. And one of the categories or one of the things we always show is these are the people you're telling us that are important to you in your life, community, family, et cetera. And that helps us focus, helps them focus to make sure that all the plans, the strategies we're implementing are consistently benefiting, you know, the people they really care about. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then beyond goals and relationships, we also want to, you know, make sure we talk to clients about process because um, this is going to help us identify what's important to them. I have had clients, especially during COVID, I've got, you know, one client in particular who I've been working with for about a year and a half and he just doesn't want to meet me. (laughs) So I'm not taking it personal. Um, We talk a lot on the phone. I've offered to, you know, drive to his office, drive to his home. It's really only about an hour away in Chicago suburbs. Um, But he's like, no, no, I don't need that. That's fine. So this might be someone that I'll work with for 10, 15 years that I may never meet. You know, I I would love to. I know them well because we've had 50 phone calls and, and the calls are in depth. But Everyone likes to meet differently. Some people like to meet regularly. Some people like to meet now via Zoom, via phone calls. So process is really important. In in other instances, some people want to make sure that their accountant, their attorney, their other advisors are part of the plan. Some clients I meet with, one of the spouses is the person I always meet with, and I never meet with the other one. Um, That's just the way, you know, the complete division of duties, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so... We want to make sure that we know what's important to them and how they like to meet, how they like to work with us, and what kind of process they like to follow, too. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, the the other area that we'll ask just to, again, try and identify what's important to them is really what are their interests. You know, so it could be travel with family, it could be health, sports, things like that. I have, you know, clients who are bird are birders, bird watchers. So knowing what they're interested in is important because we also like to connect with them outside of work if possible and mm-hmm. maybe have events that are, you know, revolve around things that are important to them. So anyway, that that's another that's kind of the other area that we have questions that we ask in order to kind of identify what's important. Yeah. So the, the other part of that equation, you know, was the control issue, right? And that's where I think a lot of people struggle. I know I do. If I can't control something, it frustrates me. And that's just my nature. I think a lot of people are like that. But how do you help your clients through that or identify what they can control, what they can't control? And I think part of it's letting go what they can't control. Yeah. I mean, so when you're working with clients, especially as it relates to estate planning, you really dive into family dynamics, right? son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, your your children's partners. You know, maybe there is a second marriage. Maybe there's kids from previous marriages. Family dynam- dynamics is the one that I see mostly where clients really want to control and feel like they, they want to exert as much control as possible. But at the same time, it's just really, I don't want to say impossible, it's just really hard. So for example, when we're doing estate planning, the question is always, well, you know, I love my kids. Do I keep the of money and down in the blood, you know, pass it down to my kids. How do I, 
I love my my children's partner, you know, spouse, or I don't, you know, and, and often and many times they don't. Mm -hmm. And um, it becomes complicated. And all we can really do in, the, in that case to try and hammer it down is really spend a lot of time talking about it. What are the options? What happens if we do this? What happens if we do that? Integrate and bring in their other advisors, their attorneys, their CPAs, et cetera, so that there could be some collaboration and maybe push the process further, you know, faster. But where it really, family dynamics in particular really complicates things and typically makes the planning process go longer mm -hmm. just because the decisions are harder. But that's one of the things that I always, um, I have found in 35 years is that family dynamics is one of the, the hardest things and the things where you really have a lot less control than you want when you love to have, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't think it helps that the, the families that you see right in the media, it's not like they're showcasing, Hey, check out this family that they got married and everything is great. Right. <laughs> you know? And their kids are wonderful and their kids spouses are just amazing. Right. We don't see that on the news. You're seeing terrible divorces. You're seeing, you know, the, these these stars, quote unquote, celebrities that are going through the ringer, right, with with different parts of their marriage and and you know different people trying to get their money and so on and so forth. And that I think that instills some fear in in folks, especially when you have kids that are getting married. You don't know the spouse very well. You've you know you're getting to know them slowly, but at the same time you're like, what are the motives here? You know, you see all this bad stuff. Um, mm -hmm. How do you combat that? We've had situations where we've actually um, introduced them to therapy, <laughs> to counselors. Um, we have actually yeah. brought in, you know, I guess you would call them coaches or consultants. Mm -hmm. And they're very effective, very effective, and it does help. But ultimately, a lot of times it's just a matter of time. You need to invest a lot of time because they have to give up the thought that they can control. Yeah. You, you know, like one of the other big areas is health. And when, especially when someone's exiting a business or exiting, you know, into retirement, you have all these plans and these are the people I want to spend my retirement with. These are the, this is where I might want to go. And, you know, to some extent we're all invincible. And, you know, part of it is you just have to make this reality check that uh, health is going to be a big part of it. And we really need to plan for it. You know, my mom, she used to always say that uh, she would get uh, always looking for younger friends, <laughs> you know. As she got older, she's, you know, through church or whatever, she's always trying to hang out with the younger people because she realized that a lot of her friends would pass on and, um, you know, she didn't, she wanted to, and plus they also, she wanted to continue the challenge and challenge her brain, et cetera. But a lot of people I work with and a lot of people I talk to, they, I guess they feel like they have more control over their long-term health and a lot of them do by being healthy. But the reality is, again, going back to DNA, it's not always your choice. True. Very true. And, and then the other one too, I would just say specifically for business owners is, you know, there's there's a lot of relationships that people have as business owners inside the company, outside the company, vendors, clients, you know, customers, um, advisors. It all changes pretty quickly uh, once the exit occurs. And for business owners in particular, it, it's oftentimes a bit of a shock, you know. So we try to talk about um, you, you really can't control these relationships as much as you'd like to post-exit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the things you had control over in the business are going to be changed or gone. So I'm not trying to be a psychologist or psychiatrist or, you know, anything like that, but 
I've just seen over 35 years that that's a really big part of the really, it, it creates a lot of stress for people who exit and it takes a while for people to really realize that it's happening and then eventually moving on from it. But it's a reality. I think almost a hundred percent. That's what I've seen every time a business owner exits. Well, I'm, and so you've had need a couple, to be ready for that. Yeah, and you've had a couple guests on the show that as part of your passion series, right? I mean, the, you, you talk about that. There's got to be, there's got to be more, right? There's got to be a plan in place for somebody exiting, because you can't exit to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And the final one I'll I'll talk about too is just is time. So, I I am telling you, Eric, that every client who has ever retired that I've worked with. Six months, a year later, they'll say, I cannot believe how, you know, how busy I am. <laughs> you know, it's just so funny because, um, and I think part of it was, you know, when you're working and you're running a business and to some extent you've got a schedule, you know, your life is scheduled and then you retire and maybe you get up a little later, you, you know, you go to bed a little earlier, you're getting older, you've got a list of things to do. Uh, and and but time management, it, it's an interesting thing where I think people feel like they're going to have a ton of time. They're, they think they're going to have a lot more time to do things, to spend with family, to spend, to travel, to do things like that than they actually do when, when they, they find out when they retire. So time is another really odd, but that's one of the things you just cannot control. Yeah. Well, people have been trying to do that for a long time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but, so you're not working, but everyone else still is, right? Uh-huh. So you have more time and they don't. That And that's also part of the one I, you know, we just mentioned, which is the, the business relationships, that's, that's a big part of it also is, you know, so things that matter to you, you know, we want to focus on that, but you can't really control it all. So I would worry about all of it if it made a difference, <laughs> but it doesn't, right? So I'm not a psychologist, but I'm just saying when we focus on our, when we do planning with people, we first want to identify what matters, but then over time we want to just make sure and focus on things they can control. And then just, you know, get that intersection and focus on that. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan to me. <laughs> it takes time. And I tell you what, it doesn't always work out, but that's the goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it, the biggest thing is focusing, right? I mean, that, that's the that's the big yeah. piece of this. And I, I truly believe, and I'm not saying that people aren't self-sufficient. I, I like to be self-sufficient as, as much as I can, but doggone it, there's, there's, so many times when a second set of eyes on something helps you out in, in immensely, right? So I, I know that that's what you provide. And that's one of the things, one of the many things you provide, but you, you have a second set of eyes on a situation where you can give other thoughts and ideas from a different perspective and really help people focus on, on what matters, like you said. Well, Eric, what I find is, you know, there's things that I don't do every day. There's things that you, the listener that you don't do every day. I mean, I love my plumber. I love my electrician. They do it every day. They're specialists. They're mm -hmm. experts. Nobody gets good at exiting their business. Nobody gets good at retiring because hopefully you're only doing it once, maybe twice, right? The exiting the business, maybe twice in your lifetime. So it's just an instance where you really want to bring in a team. You want to collaborate. And it's not always about the numbers. It's not always about the finances, but a really great collaborative team can really help make retirement, make the exit process much smoother and make life happier. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Well, this is the time in the podcast where I'm going to ask you to give your contact info because I think there's a lot of, hopefully it sparks some interest in some folks' minds out there saying, you know what, I would like to have a second set of eyes or I would like to, you know, have somebody help me focus on some of these things and, and maybe weed this stuff out, the stuff that's not so important, you know, the stuff that I truly need to be focusing on and, and the, the things that I can actually control. So what's the best way to get a hold of you, Tim? You can always call my office at 219-246-5370 or just feel free to send me an email at tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com and I'll be glad to connect with you. Thank you, Tim, for your time. I appreciate it. It was good to talk to you again. You too. Always great talk to you, Eric. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the WellStream Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review because this actually helps other people find the show. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 